Hey everyone, I'm so glad that you all decided to stop by and give us a listen. In this first Jamcast debut, I sit down and make a mixtape with my longtime friend and fellow lover of music, Chris Ballier. Chris is one of those guys that you don't have to guess if he's genuine. He always shows up 100% for everyone around him. Really a stand-up type of guy. And in this episode, we dive into the music that made each of us. So how a Jamcast mixtape works, we each pick nine tracks on a Spotify and YouTube playlist, and we take turns speaking about our picks. We will go into why we chose it and some fun and interesting facts we found out along the way. So be sure to have your playlist ready, which is available on YouTube and Spotify. So chill out, drop in, drop out, whatever, and we're going to get started and push play on this episode. So have a good time and we'll catch you all on the flip side. It's just about music. Hey, what's up, Chris? Hey, buddy. How, How you doing, doing man? just another wonderful day in the neighborhood thanks for uh thanks for putting this together and and asking me to be a part of it i think this is yeah, really dude. cool um and i don't know I'm, I'm i'm pretty excited about this right now yeah it's going to be fun man i'm i'm really super grateful that you're here no pressure no pressure no pressure at all man this is going to be fun um <laughs> just you know the music that made us right this is the mixtape where we're going a little deep with it i think and just think talking about the music that made us who we are today it might not be all it's not an all-inclusive mix right we talked about this this is just music that speaks to us in different points in our time and we're gonna we're gonna dig in and if uh you're ready to push play on this bad boy yeah i think we can push play all right man yeah let's do it yeah so since you're the guest i'll give you the option of either player pass my friend do you want to go with the first track or would you like me to go with the first track you know what? I'm going to go with play. Oh, I'm going to play. Go yeah. for it. Go for it. Yeah, we are going to get in there. Uh, let me see. I, I didn't really have any particular order picked out for for my five. But you know what? Maybe we just take it a little light. Let's take it a little easy. I think for my my, my first track in the in the music that made me list, uh, pretty simple, but, but, but really, really nice. It's uh, Pure Prairie League with the song Amy great song and it's a great tune it is such a good tune so uh should we should we give it a listen yes sir all right yeah let's let's do it all right all right guys this is the part of the jam cast where you get to choose your own adventure you can either pause the podcast now and jump over to spotify or youtube and listen alongside us or you can just hang out for a few seconds and we'll be right back it's really your call no wrong answer wow dude <laughs> that song that song just does everything good for you right no, absolutely absolutely yeah. and like le- legitimately that's one of the main reasons you know like why i picked that song in in general it just it really does bring me nothing but joy even though it's like the subject matter maybe not be <laughs> so but like it's just so jolly right. and like upbeat that really good guitar solo in there absolutely. like it, it's it's one of the other reasons I I picked this song it's one of my dad's favorite songs and I can remember like many times when I was younger and then there's like specifically throughout high school when I started working with this man and we'd be on our way back from job sites listening you know just chatting or listening to like you know WMMR and then Amy would come on as soon as his first few notes came on a do 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 he would stop what he was doing, stop conversation, reach over to the volume knob <laughs> with just like the, the, the two knuckles and crank it all the way up. <laughs> like he thought the speakers were about to blow out and he would sit there and he'd be like making his guitar motions with it and he's singing along and he's bobbing his head and like you could just see he's having the time of his life. Every time I hear that song now, I immediately am back in the car with my dad. 
that's and so like cool, and it's not like that just happened one time either like it's every <laughs> single time the song comes on and he's sitting there singing and belting the lyrics out and it <laughs> and as we were listening i was i was getting ready to tell you you know the last like one of one of the last uh chorus parts where it gets really really high up there in the register yeah i always have a giggle too because i always think about like you and i think about pat <laughs> And then like, you know, being at like one of the friends givings and that's, and that song comes on and uh-huh. like it, literally everybody does the same exact thing. It's just <laughs> one of those really, really nice, like right. everybody knows the song, even though nobody knows who sings it. Pure Prairie League. And they go, oh what? I, I agree. Like that whole, it's jovial, right? Like it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. Your dad was on the something there because you just got to crank it. You can't yeah. even like, you can't even skip it. If it's playing, you're going to sing it. You're going to bob your head to it. Yep. It just happens. Um, I'm looking at some of their album art across their albums and it is, I mean, pure Prairie League. So they are just all cowboys. So the well, guys this don't. Is, this but. is actually like, this is actually a, a pretty interesting that, that you're looking it up and looking at that because yeah. this kind of brings one of those things out. I, I was looking up some more about, about the band and about the song and, and yeah. all that. So that, that first album that this, this track was off of was called Bustin' Out and it came out in 1972. And that, that cowboy so actually, I think there, he has a name, and his name is Luke, and it was taken <laughs> from a Norman Rockwell Saturday Evening Post. That makes sense. If you look at this guy, he looks like he's right out of the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so so it, cool. it, it came from Norman Rockwell Saturday Night Evening Post, and every single subsequent album afterwards always featured it's the same cowboy, but, you know, different huh. Norman Rockwell painting situation. Well, that is really awesome, dude. And like knowing your dad and that's totally fits the bill for him and for good reason, because it just, it pumps everyone up. And that's just a great way, I think, to start this off. Um, Oh, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more with you. That's cool, man. That's cool. (laughs) So I guess Um, I got this. Are you still? Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say, man, like I was, I was going to try and give you a nice little lead in for this Ready over? Hey. I was like, you know. you did. I don't know if it's going to translate musically, but it's going to translate to why it made us. That's for sure. The next pick for me is The Wizard by Black Sabbath. So let's give that one a whirl. Mm All right, guys, you know the drill. Either jump over to Spotify or YouTube, check out the playlist. If not, just hang out. We'll be right back. So yeah, Black Sabbath. My intro into all things rock metal. And to further compound that, my dad gave me his record collection and this was in it. So this is the first time I ever listened to records, vinyl and all that all stuff. Oh, yeah. I love all of it inside and out started with this album. It's just, it's such a, a like a starting point for all things music for me. And I have a little different experience because my dad never played it. My dad never, this was my dad when he was younger. He never said, hey, Jim, come over here and listen to Black Sabbath. He just said, you can have my albums. But he didn't say, like, come listen to it. So I kind of discovered it on my own through his own collection, which was really cool and really wild when you're 10, 11 years old discovering all of this, you know? Oh, for sure, Um, for sure. And that harmonica, though. That harmonica was just like... this was 1970 like yeah black sabbath was black sabbath is like known as like the the creator of the beginning of metal i did some digging on this album which is which is kind of crazy too like they released this album in 1970 and paranoid also came out in 1970 their follow-up hit so they had all these songs in the bag so they had the, <laughs> they had like two major huge albums come out in the same year their first and second album, which just blew stuff out of the water for them. And I thought this was funny. So the song's called The Wizard, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll give you I'll give you one guess who it was based on. Give me a wizard. Oh, the Wizard of Oz. Hmm. That's a really good one. Nope. Yeah. Gandalf. Oh, you know, <laughs> it was Gandalf, dude. Geezer Butler did an interview oh. back in 2005, and he's like, "Yeah, the inspiration for this song was uh, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings." And I was like, "Oh, oh 
Yes. Okay. That's cool. Yes. That's cool. Right. Like whatever, man, that, that was, I don't know, back in the seventies, if you were reading Lord of the Rings, I know there's a stigma stereotype, like, Oh, nerds. But like in the seventies, you were reading the Lord of the Rings and writing metal songs. Like, uh, but yeah, man, <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was just a really cool segue from, you know, where you were listening to your dad. And while I didn't listen to it with my dad, um, which I should, you know, I've never brought yeah. that back to his temperature. I should be like, yo, dad, you want to go listen to some Sabbath? Just trying um, to go listen to some records with me, Pops. Right. And that's a good idea. You know, yeah. maybe, I'll, maybe I'll do that. That's a, that's a really good idea. Thanks for that thought, Jim. Um, <laughs> You're anyway. welcome, Jim. Thank yeah, you, no Jim. problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> All right, man. So that was, that was my second track. Oh. So we got, so where we're at right now, just to do a big recap, we have Amy and the Wizard, my friend. Amy and the Wizard. Amy and the Wizard, and you yeah. know what? I, I I think we can just keep things keep things rolling with uh, Paul Revere Yo. by none other than the B Stee Boys. Boys. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it up. Give her a listen. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Did I skip that? That was yeah. Right? No, no, no. That was that was most definitely the end. Okay. Most definitely the end. So yeah, a little a little Paul Revere. You know, the <laughs> License to Ill is the first like hip hop album that I owned. It was in like middle school. Well, that album came out in like 86. Yeah, I think it was 86. Wow. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And uh I, I got that from my from my aunt, from my aunt Monica. And like I was I was bumping this on my, you know, my my, my little you know, 15 second anti-skip Walkman that you just, you know, <laughs> have in your pocket with yeah. those big old over the ear headphones when we had them. And, yeah. uh, and, and I was, I thought I was like the coolest kid in middle school bumping around to some Beastie Boys. Like, you guys don't know anything about this. This particular song, I don't know. I like the storytelling vibe of it. It's like the, uno- it's like the unofficial fictional story about how like the three of them met, which I think is really great too. And like one thing I really, really loved about this, this track in particular, it's, it's, it's the beat. I mean, it was super unique. I mean, like nobody was doing it like that. And, it, and I was doing a little reading on this and an MCA and all them were, were kicking it in the studio and they're all playing us like on this uh, 808 drum machine and making these beats, trying to make this, trying to make that. And MCA is like, you know what? I wonder what this would sound like if we just flipped it, reversed it and and you know played it back through and they're like in the studio with uh run for run dmc oh no and, way oh, of course. yeah and he was there and he was just like he thought that was the craziest shit that he had ever seen because he was like he was like yo mca just saw this thing that like we couldn't see at all and he totally killed it so just them messing around in the studio just making up beats is how that that whole beat came to be and I gotta say, one of my my funniest stories, like just about this song in particular, was I was at the the old Grotto Pub down here in in the old Enola, PA, and walked uh, in on like a Friday night, and I may have had a a, a couple too many drinks before I even got in there, Maybe. and all I heard was some a Beastie Boys playing from the DJ, and I grabbed my beer. And I was chilling. I walk up to him as this song's playing. I'm like, yo, 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 I know you're just playing Beastie Boys now, bro, but could you play me some Paul Revere? And he looks at me, little cockeyed, and he's like, bro, listen, it's playing right now. And I went, oh, snap. I don't think I need to be in this bar at all right now. <laughs> like one of my favorite tracks from Beastie Boys. <laughs> like, yo, could you play it for me? <laughs> it's playing. <laughs> so you just you just totally whiffed on that one with a oh with a yeah ball bat man it just, was a, <laughs> it was a swing and a miss and, a miss. and We've all been there We've all oh been there. and uh I, I found another song uh it's by cypress hill uh and it's called busted in the hood okay and it and it it, it it's almost a cover of paul revere oh, um no but they just changed it to be uh to be just about getting arrested for drug dealing you okay. know <laughs> that's fine that's what you do man you cut it up but, you cut it up and you but i gave that track a listen too and i i, I would highly suggest seeking that one out too just called, to give it a listen it's called busted in the hood busted in the hood and it's by cypress hill i'll have to give that a, give that a listen to 
Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, definite pioneers. So definitely, definitely made, made my list, you know, really, really helped open me up to other forms, other kinds of hip hop or rap and, and that, that whole other, you know, musical side of me that I absolutely adore and love. Heck so yeah, man. thank That's you, Beastie awesome. Boys. And thank you, Monica. Yeah, thanks, Aunt Monica. She's the best. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 where are you gonna? Where, where, where are you gonna step us yo, into? Man, where, where I don't are you know. Take us? I've, I've been trying to, you know, curate this, uh, this list as we're going. But you know what? I'm just going with it, man. I'm going with where I'm at. And the next pick, next track on on this mixtape is "Lawyers, Guns, and Money" by the greatest Warren Zevon amazing we're gonna push play do it yes lawyers guns and money dude so i could sit here and talk to you about warren zivon for hours i could do a whole episode on warren zivon no guest just me talking about the guy he (laughs) is one of my idols my friend he is an idol of mine i stand by him and i've only truly begin to began to know him about six years ago so do you know other songs by warren zivon you know what no not not really not really I bet so you, you do i bet you he, you do at he's, least he's, he's he's one of those artists it, well no it's not not so much but werewolves of london everybody's heard oh, that song. yeah that's everybody him. knows that's that him. song that's oh. All right, that's that's all right. off this album. And it, it's often attributed as one of his greatest uh, releases that made the charts and people knew and heard about. But he has at minimum 10 full length albums and a treasure troves of songs. And uh, he's like a he's like a prince. You know how they found after Prince passed, they went into his compound and just found all of these recordings that he's been doing for years. The all same these thing unreleased yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't been releasing them. They've been going through to his family and stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. Warren Zevon, it, it, it felt like I needed to play that next because you were talking about Paul Revere and how they were such good storytellers. Warren Zevon is in my opinion, the best singer-songwriter out there. But anyway, let me tell you a little bit about how I learned about this. So you referenced Pat. Pat's a good friend of ours. He's a good friend of mine. Uh-huh, we uh-huh. used to drive around with his dad, and he would list, he would, when this, when um, Werewolves of London would come on, his dad would just crank it, same way. Um, yeah, yeah. If he had like a CD or whatever. I don't remember the other songs. I literally only remember Werewolves of London. And I went through 10, 10 years of my life just knowing Werewolves of London. I was at a bachelor party in Pittsburgh. We were going to a, a, a baseball game and we were at back at the hotel with a bunch of guys hanging out. And my buddy had, uh, you know, a little Bluetooth speaker or whatever. And this song came on. And I don't know if you have instruments that when you hear them, they're like, this song's already my song because they're playing the instrument the way I like it played. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But for me, it's uh- the piano. And Warren Zevon is a beautiful pianist. And it, it when it it comes in with that heavy piano, I could tell mm-hmm. he was playing with some feels. And I was like, I looked at him like, what I was like, what is this? And he's like, Oh, it's Warren Zevon. And I, my brain just kind of flapped in on itself because all I knew was um Oh, werewolves of London. That's all that's <laughs> all I knew. And I was like, Oh, that was a really good song, but this guy has other stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I used to frequent the library a lot and people were like, you go to the library. I'm like, yeah, you can check out CDs and come back and listen to them. I could go in there and their limit at my library is 99. You can only check out 99, 99 CDs. That's right. You can only check out 99 CDs for three weeks. Oh, what a terrible library. <laughs> and Great. I found, and they only had one Warren Zevon uh, CD and it was his double uh, disc and it's his rarities. So I'm introing myself to this guy from his rarities, like music that is oh, like, ones. like the B sides, you know, yeah. like, or yeah. like the, the different versions of the song that was popular. So right, I right. sit down and I'm listening to this. And one of the albums is strictly songs. The other one is songs and interview snippets from him doing an interview, uh, probably in like 2000, 2001. It was really cool because I didn't know the guy yet. I didn't know. I knew this Lawyer's Guns and Money song that someone showed me and Werewolves of London. So I'm listening to it. And this was right around the time my daughter, my, my wife was pregnant and my, my first you know, daughter, was, my daughter was being born. And 
I don't know. I was trying to like, I probably soul search a little bit and like, what do I want? You don't know where you are and what's happening in your life, let alone you're bringing someone else into this life. And this guy, the, the, the interviewer said something that was so profound. And he's like, you know, Warren, when, when you talk about your music and you know uh, what it, the naysayers out there and what, what they think about your music and your way, your direction you go. And he's like, I don't care what they say. So Warren Zevon said after 20s, like, I do this, I do this for me and I do it for the people who like it. And I was oh, just like, so much respect. And he said it so quickly. And so like, that wasn't trained. That's just like, I don't, it's not that I don't care. It's just, I don't, I don't care. And I was yeah. like, boom. Wow. And if not, that's fine too. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Because oh, it's man, for him that's... too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a musician's musician. Absolutely, man. So Warren Zevon has a special place in my heart and I would advise you to watch his it's a little morbid and that's the reason I like him too. A lot of his songs are, you know, when you're a singer songwriter, you get kind of dark with it. And I like that. I like oh, that. I, I can, do too. I can be vulnerable yeah. and put myself out and be like, yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to go dark with you, bro. Give me the um, feels. Yeah. Yeah. But he actually recorded his last album, the wind after he had been diagnosed with mesothelioma. So he was passing. He was, he was, he was on the decline. It was oh, early two thousands. It wasn't, he wasn't in a place where they could, you know, help him out they he knew he had a timeline and he recorded that last album and some of the realest songs he's ever put out is on the wind and he recorded the whole thing through a documentary too i think it's called i, I want to say behind the music but it's not it it's like inside out warren zevon's story you can watch it on youtube it's 20 minutes long watch it <laughs> done and done sir yeah i will uh kick the ball in your your proverbial court you know, I got it. I got us just sitting here in front of me and then just for, uh, yeah, yeah. A nice little, nice little midway here for me. I'm, I'm, I think the next track I'm going to pick is going to be a uh, tool and, uh, it's going to be their song third eye. Push play right now. And it brings you slowly back down to earth. You feel a little uncomfortable. You feel like you feel like you went somewhere for a little bit. For about 13 minutes and 51 seconds, I went somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that song takes you places. Definitely. It will carry you away. Strange emotional roller coaster that you go through, which is, you know, why it's on why it's on my list. Yeah, tell me. And, tell me. And I, I think Tool as a band has... I, I I love them and I've again, you know, very kind of late into a lot of these these types of things. Like I had no idea who Tool was ever before, you know, I was in Shippensburg really. So oh, I think yeah. I I gotten yeah, I'd gotten a copy of um I think it was the second to last album that they put out. It was Ten Thousand Days and it was uh two thousand six, I think. And it was right around that time I was hearing a few songs coming off of that. And that's all I really knew. Like it wasn't until I was working at a country club and I was working in the back of the house in the kitchen. And uh, one of the other cooks I worked with, you know, we had a, a big old stereo back there in the prep room and, and we'd always listen to this side or the other. And he started playing more tool. And I remember asking him, he's like, wait, who is, who is this? And he's like, this is tool. I was like, Oh, I know this album. And he's like, mm, you, you, you need to listen to others that, that carry on that same kind of journey. I mean, there's, there's movements throughout third eye. Sure. You know, it brings you up. I mean, it's a very slow onset, kind of gets you a little comfortable. You know, drums start picking up more. Oh, a bunch of weird slide guitars with Adam Jones doing his thing. Danny Carey is like arguably one of the best drummers in the world. Like his his ability, oh, it's like unmatched. I've I've fallen in love with Tool so much. And as as always, you know, just maybe a little too late. But I don't think it's ever late enough. No, but no. I've had the opportunity to see those guys like five times now, and they have never disappointed. Stage, stage presence, beyond take the music away, just what they put on out there without the music is mind boggling. Oh, it's mind boggling. One of the one of the last shows I was I was at, it was the second longest I've traveled to go to to go to a show. I was, was I think it was about a six hour ride. Where'd you go? Uh, I was I was um, uh, the mothership in Hamden, Virginia. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, the Coliseum. I've heard uh, that is one of the coolest venues I have ever been really? to. It is amazing. 
and seeing and an they, amazing band on top. Oh yeah, they had this massive. So I mean, you know, it's 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 a semicircle where where the band was coming out of. We had front row tickets, by the way, the which was even uh, better. You know, Maynard, Danny Carey, and Justin Chamberlain, Adam right Jones, right coming there. down because we were on the far stage left. We we saw them as the lights got dim and. And Maynard's coming out, and he's got this ridiculously massive red mohawk, and he's got this he's in black and yellow lad, and he's really tight yellow pants, and he looks like total punk. He's got the suspenders, but they're like they're like down, you know, yeah, down, down on his sides, and like and his his stage presence is like actually it's pretty non-existent. It used to be non-existent for the longest time. Lack really? of stage presence, yeah. He would he would sit behind back near Danny Carey, the drummer. Huh very spread out and he would sit there and basically you could see a silhouette of him that was about it he's not he's not necessarily like a front man but they had these um like the beaded doorways that like were big in yeah. like the 70s yeah. they had something like that that came across the entire front of the stage <laughs> and you could barely see through it and they were projecting images on that and then oh, they had these cool. massive flats that they're also projecting like videos and really psychedelic and, and, and trippy things on there one of the coolest shows i have ever been to again it's just one of those bands that like i i could honestly never get enough well let me let me share something with you so i think i've told you this before tool was never on my list just wasn't on my list as a band Man. and it wasn't it wasn't that i didn't like them i just didn't know where to start and I, and I think I asked you specifically, probably about a year or so ago, I was like, dude, I don't get into Tool. What is the song? And I think he, you either gave me an album or a song, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't, didn't follow up. But listening to that 13-minute track here with you right now, I just experienced Tool. And yeah. I think, um, I, th- I dig it. I dig it yeah. a lot. I dig it yeah. a lot. No, that's, 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 that's really good to hear. Yeah, I think this is one of those tracks that like it's, if you really want to dig in, like, oh, this is what the band is is about yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, it's just it's it's become one of my one of my favorite bands to listen to, like no matter what. That's awesome, dude. They've been around the block for a while too. They were like yeah, early nineties. I was early say. early nineties. Opiate, I think it was ninety one. And then I mean, I know they ran into a lot of lawsuits. There was a lot of a lot going on with their with their record companies. Okay. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I think they they were part of a a couple lawsuits. Uh, one that, one that I, I don't know if, like what the official story was, but you know mm-hmm. the uh, ten thousand days came out. It said like two thousand six, and then it, their last album they just put out the very end of last year. So that would have been what thirteen years. I know because because they, they were tied up in litigation, and then. But they were still yeah. practicing and doing stuff, right? <laughs> or is it like Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, those guys still even put together, you know, side bands and, uh, and Maynard. Maynard has uh, uh two other side bands as well, uh Perfect Circle and uh Pussifer. Right, so he had right, he had right. those projects as well as you know, a winery that 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 he started. Uh Caduceus. I believe it's Caduceus Wines. It's really good too. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, even yeah. if it's not good, it has to be, right? Like, it's my band. Even if it was terrible, guy. even if it was terrible, I'd be like, yep, Maynard grew these grapes. I'm That's going it. to love them. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, a lot of people probably hear Perfect Circle. I think Perfect Circle and Tool, like, I don't know. I always knew it was a side project, a similar band. There's a couple band members off, a couple added, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But Pussifer, Pussifer, I like a lot. I really, I get down, I get down with some of those. It's like, like this, it's like the really silly side of, of, you know, Maynard's like, well, we can, we can do whatever we want, y'all. It doesn't matter. No. You know, like going, going back to, you know, your, your last song, your last artist be like, you know what? No, I'm just doing this because I like to do it. So like people bite, they bite. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, that's the kind of music I'm into. It's people like, don't get me wrong. I'll listen to poppy stuff. I'll listen to stuff that's out oh, now. It's catchy. It's catchy. It catches my ear. I'll listen to it. Do yeah. I think that the whole heart and souls into every song out there? Maybe not the singer. Somebody who made that song, there is heart and soul in there. I'm into all of that. Music is music. Music's awesome. No, for sure. For sure. And again, you know, it really comes down to, you know, it's just if, if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. That's Dude. fine. Music connects us all. It's like, every race creed religion anyone anywhere is listening to something you know yeah universal languages right there 
Heck yeah. Un universal Heck yeah. language. Ah, so yeah, thanks for letting me gush about Tool for a little bit. Heck yeah, dude. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And if I'm not uh, mistaken, I have I next pick. I believe it is your turn. And I was going to do it just based on the song, but since we were saying there might be something wrong with you, maybe you have a little Pink Floyd brain damage. Push play right now. I love that song. It's so cool. I'll let you in on a secret. Yeah. It's one of my favorites too. Is it? That song was just like huge for me. I, when was it? It was, I was moving. I moved to the suburbs. I went to Giant with my mother, Giant Grocery Store. And in one of the aisles, they had some CDs. And I saw Pink Floyd and was like, Mom, can I get it? It was $9. It was like a discount bin. And I listened to it and I liked it. And when it came to this song, I remember laying in bed. And hearing the lunatic is in my head and the laughter that ensued after was the creepiest cool thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Right. And, and I had listened to some weird music. Like, I, no, I don't want to say weird. Uh, for, for where I was and what I discovered on my own, like I was into Marilyn Manson. But this was before I learned about Black Sabbath because around 12 years old is when I then went to my dad and he was like, oh, we'll have my old records. And that's, I found Floyd in there. I found Yes. I found Black Sabbath. I found Zeppelin. I found, what else was in there? CCR and stuff like that. He was yeah, in just like yeah, rock yeah. and metal and that whole genre. And Floyd obviously was in there. And dude, that, that song, Brain Damage, it was, just, it was just the coolest intro to it. And I wasn't really searching for it. I was just searching for like a connector with, people i was meeting in school and stuff it was really it was a it's it's a good one it's a good one so what it's about is about sid barrett the the founder yeah, of pink that Floyd. one really? co-founder yeah he, it was because he had he's it's why he parted the band after i think their second album or first or second album he had mental health issues and he was hardcore into psychedelics so like mm -hmm, he wasn't mm -hmm. doing himself any favors with his issues. So they had to like oust him out of the band. And this song was Waters tribute to him. It was about him. Like there, there's someone in my head, but it's not me. It was about like where he says, like, they're going to rearrange my parts was talking about like a lobotomy. And I watched a documentary talking about it a little bit. It was, it, people thought it was just going to flop because the artist wasn't on the album cover. It was the first time, I don't know if the first time, but the first time uh, an album rose to the level it did without having like the whole group on the front of who it was, or it didn't say Pink Floyd. It didn't say the dark side of the moon. It just had that trapezoid and the sun mm -hmm. and the light going through it. And that's it. And they're like, you can't do this. Record companies like, you can't, no one's going to know what this is. And it just took off. Took off. That's insanity. That's yeah. great, though. That's great, though. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of going going against the grain and, yeah. and you know, all yeah. types of ways and facets and, and still coming out on top. Definitely. And then, you know, still, you know, generation spanning, too. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's got to be. So I, I don't know if you've seen it as much as I have. Well, I mean, I, I just I look for these things and notice them like the the way that um, Fleetwood Mac has come back because yeah. of the tiktok video with the guy on the skateboard drinking the ocean spray yeah or, yeah i think it was over the summer uh, a couple of youtubers had they listened to phil collins in the air tonight and it became like a chart topper again and i was like what is going on like some of the younger generation are just discovering this so i don't know i know the iconic oh pink floyd dark side of the moon it's the the light beam going through the 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 prism there trap. i said and... trapezoid earlier I meant yeah triangular yeah. prism um, <laughs> converting it to light i'm what i was saying is that i wonder when that's going to come back because i think it's going to it's right. got to right one of those iconic i mean a lot of this you no know, in the music that made us it's the music that also made the genres too it's funny as we're we're going yeah. through because some of the things you've picked and some of the things i've picked it's like the originators of the genre yeah. or their scene or they're very unique 
So, I mean, that's my, I mean, <laughs> that's my, that's my uh, brain damage. Uh, what I got. <laughs> oh, no, I love it, man. I yeah. love it. Definitely. Definitely up there in terms of, uh, of uh, Pink Floyd and, and me loving Pink Floyd as well. And um, it might be a good segue into, into the next one. Cause I'm, I was, I was trying to think which, which direction I was going. And, you know, I, I I'm, I'm liking this dynamic too. Cause it's feel yeah. like the, the next song I'm next song I'm picking, I'm, I'm, I'm getting fed from, from your song. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to go into another Pink Floyd song. Cause I too have picked something out of the Floyd genre, something off of uh, the wall. So oh. the wall specifically, I think as, as a whole, the wall has helped myself you know like that that was some some that helped define me but one song in particular uh one of my turns let's go ahead and cue that up and, and give her a listen just takes you ah. to a different place takes you to a different place man it really does it really does like when i uh, i was like right after high school i never heard the album as a whole I had heard, you know, Comfortably Numb being like a title track off the album. And, you know, I've heard like Another Brick in the Wall, uh, you know. So those were always like, you know, the two of the very iconic songs from the album. Those were like the singles, you know, that yeah. that, that came off of this. And, you know, I remember sitting with my friends this after high school. It might have been in the summer sometime. And uh, I don't know how explicit I can get on, mm -hmm. on said podcast, but mm -hmm. we're just going to go ahead and do it because, you know, why not? We're here. We're here. Uh, <laughs> we had plans. Uh, we, we had we had picked up some some psychedelics, oh. some, uh, some some LSD what? and decided to go to Blockbuster. Um, <laughs> and we that? went we went and rented the wall. So we rented the wall oh. and went to a buddy's house uh, on on a, on a head full of on head full of acid and and watched the wall and that was my full introduction to the album was the movie version of it and mm. i after that moment i cannot tell you how obsessed i became with pink floyd as a whole and this particular scene in the movie was obviously it's very violent it's mm -hmm. terrifying mm -hmm. i mean the song itself's about mm -hmm. you know the main character in this whole story you know his name is pink yep. you know he's he's just he just found out that you know his wife's having an affair through a phone call you know and he's trying to you know give a call home while he's on tour and you know he he you know he, he's doing the same thing though he's bringing he groupies back so this one groupie's coming back you know, and the song starts out and she's just like, you know, complimenting the hotel room. And, mm -hmm. you know, he he's flicking on the TV and then he's smoking a cigarette. And he's just like, he's feeling down and depressed about all of this. And then at some point you, you can start relating where you just feel this kind of monotony building. You're just doing the same things over and over again. And the, the man breaks. And like, there's so much emotion and in, in, in this particular song, I mean, like, I feel like we can all relate to it in one way, shape or form or the other. It, it, it really just brings something to the table that I, I don't know, I really kind of latched onto. You feel it. You do feel it. That's exactly what happens. That's, that's like, they make you feel as if it is one of your turns as well, because it goes yeah. like that, that like low level and then just rips into a new kind of hemisphere and they are there the oh yeah drums. and it, it, it all comes screaming in too mm -hmm. you know you know and then it, it keeps building upon itself and then even even in the in the film in the film version too um it was it was pretty funny so the, so the actor who was playing uh pink yeah. um through all this i mean he's he's destroying this hotel room <laughs> sure you know is ripping it apart well apparently during the filming of this he he was just like ripping down these venetian blinds and and ends up like actually cutting his hand open no. like kind of severely oh, and he kind of gives it like a quick look i guess if you if you watch it and you look really closely you can see him kind of look but they decided like he just kept going they didn't yell cut they just kept filming and they just they just ran with it so like dude actually did injure himself pretty bad what? 
when 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 they were filming this whole scene. That's wild. That's so like that's so that's why you see later on he ends up getting you know he's holding like a shirt over his hand for the remainder of it right, to film. Right. Because you know he actually cut himself, but grabbed something to like lock it up like in character, and they just ran with it. That's crazy. That was yeah. one of his turns. He was there. He, he oh. that's why we feel oh, yeah. it. Well, feel when you watch it too. Yeah. You not only hear it, but but the the movie. Um they also didn't tell the actress who 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 played the groupie there. So they they had told her, like, hey, in the scene, he's gonna be like screaming at you and he's gonna be chasing you around. They they didn't tell her it's like he he's gonna be throwing wine bottles at you. What? So that was real yeah. fear. That was yeah, that was fear. actual fear wow. of uh, and when those wine bottles come hurling across the That's room commitment. at her, like yeah. That's yeah, commitment. totally hid that from her just wow. so they could really get that get that emotion on camera. But yeah, the wall, I mean, as far as like Pink Pink Floyd goes, I mean, I I have I have since, you know, I do have a hierarchy of albums when it comes for 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 Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. But as as far as, you know, if we're talking like like music that made me and then me being like me purchasing this album then after seeing the movie and in person like I listened to that album front to back all day every day after that experience and that was i think my true introduction into pink floyd you know i think it sounds you know fairly similar to yours you just kind of you found this album you you latched onto it you loved it and then from there i branched off definitely that's that that album the wall it's always gonna have a very special place in my heart i mean i still have i still have things hung up in my room now i have a yeah, it's one of those one of those cloth tapestries that's right. got the hammers marching. That's right. You know, <laughs> right. did that come from you? No, 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 no. No, that no, wasn't no. from you. I I no. feel like somebody gave that to me. They went, I know you like Pink Floyd a lot. Do you want this? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, of course I, I want that. that. Why would I not want that? Why would I not want that? No, there was a time I don't do it as much anymore. I did actually do it a few a while ago. I would I would listen to this album every Friday. It'd be oh. Floyd Friday. It'd be Floyd Friday. And and it, it wouldn't really be like a discovery of Floyd. It would just be the wall. I would put the wall on to start my day and then, you know, maybe stop it and come back. But like throughout the day, I would just listen to the wall. And over the summer, I was working from home. I work in my basement. I have a big TV here. Well, I have my system hooked up to my TV and I put the DVD in and watched the DVD and just Ooh. turned it up. No, I, my neighbor was probably really upset because I was listening like I have concrete walls and concrete floors and I felt them moving. <laughs> That's how loud Oh, you were blasting it. it. Was, hey, I got I have four speakers once so it's pretty nice down here. Yeah, and yeah. It was it was going. So, yeah, The Wall, one of those albums, man. One of those albums. If you get hooked on it, you'll listen to it all the time. Oh, absolutely. And it's one of those albums that it really doesn't get old. Mm-mm. Like it hasn't gotten old for me at all. I mean, this is there's purists out there that are like, that's yeah. not Pink Floyd, but it's it's not about you know, when we're discovering music that came out in the 70s, 80s, and stuff like that, we're allowed, you know, it's not the only music out there. We're mm-hmm. choosing to go to that path. So if we like an album that isn't critically acclaimed or other people didn't like, I was talking about Warren Zevon earlier. Dude was a singer-songwriter, amazing. He didn't have a lot of chart toppers, not a lot at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. I like it because I I like that album, you know. So yeah, exactly, exactly. And I I, I always find that funny too. Is when people are like, oh, it's one of your favorite Pink Floyd albums. I'm like, yeah, it's like the walls up there, and yeah, you know, I get the same reaction. Just what you're yeah. talking. I'm like, really? Like, yeah. It, you know, I'm 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 putting the wall up there with with you know animals. You know, it's just Absolutely. like it's 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 ahead of its time music. That you know what? Not everybody's gonna love it. Not everybody's gonna get it. And that's okay. Uh, you know, I'm sticking with uh, feels, right? And this might be a little turned up at the moment, but we're gonna we're gonna go there. And it's uh, Mud Shovel by Stained. Oh, I would say this one's pretty feely. I'm gonna push play. Do it. Wow. Get after it. Get after it, right? Dude, that song just puts me in a place, right? It just puts me there. I don't know. I don't know. It just it just makes me – it came out in 1999, right? And I just found – when I was doing some research on this, the song originally came out in 1996. came out in 1996 and was not 
friendly to the radio or record labels or anything. Right. I'm going to push a quick play on a, a, just a, the original version of that song. When you're done here, go ahead and search at your leisure. Search Mud Shovel spelled M-U-D-S-H-U-V-E-L. So no O, just a U. And search it on YouTube, an EP by Stained. The album's called Tormented. And it's it's crazy that it came out in 1996. And 1999 is when Dysfunction came out, which this album is their, I think, their, their first full-length album. 1999, I was, was 12. So this was be, I had this song before I went to the suburbs where I learned about all my rock psychedelic stuff. So I was mm-hmm, still on my mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson. I was early. I was like, right, not I didn't like Rage Against the Machine, but I was literally raging against the machine. Um, like I You're just, almost angry enough. Yeah, I had the feels. And that song for me really did it back then. And now I'm older. I've heard many more heavier songs and songs. That, mm-hmm. But that one's holds just like a special place in my heart. It definitely made me <laughs> a person yeah. who enjoys angry, feely music. And I, I know you probably remember this, but when our friend Drew played a show, and they played this song and uh, it was not a uh, it was not a dancing mosh type venue and nobody had really been doing that most of the night there have been some people out there bouncing their heads and bouncing around and stuff but this song came on and i just kind of like big boyed it in the middle and just like just went the full time. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> and i just like jumped around for like four <sighs> minutes of them playing and then it was like, all right, cool, I'm done. And they did a really good job too. They covering did. That, that song. song. That song was when I heard that, I was like, what? They're playing this, and I just went into it. I went into pretty much how I felt listening to it with you right now, but um, just a little more real because it was being played by one of my good friends, and I was like, oh, you were there he's playing a song that I love that touches me. He's so doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it live. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So that mud shovel uh, with that. I think uh, you're 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 up, my friend. You're up. I'm up. As my my fifth pick, I I'm I'm gonna go with it. This is a cover, so I'm not sure how much this is breaking the rules. I don't think it's breaking any rules. However, I think there's a nice little story behind this one for me. So my my song is a song by the band Umphreys McGee, doing a live cover of "Shine on You, Crazy Diamond" by Pink Floyd. Let's give her a listen. <laughs> we want the ump. <laughs> we... Come on, give us that ump. Come uh... on, we want the ump. Oh, man. That... Oh, so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very apparent that, that you and I both are very big fans of Pink Floyd. So here is, here is me walking towards a stage on July 11th, 2009, on top of Marvin's Mountaintop at Masontown, West Virginia for the 2009 All Good Music Festival. And as as my, I forget, honestly, this is the first or the second one I went to, but it's like one of my first, like, you know, big major festivals, just tens and tens and tens of thousands of people Right. And, you know, two stages, bands going all day. They alternate so you don't have to miss any bands and pick and choose, which is sick. So if bands are back-to-back you want to see, you could literally, like, if you stood in the middle-ish somewhere, you could look to the left and watch that band play. And then you just look to the right, (laughs) turn, look to the right, and then you wait while they get set up, and then they start playing. So... I find my I find myself going towards uh, the main stage late night show. I think two hours long. So again, it's either eleven a.m. or it was one a.m. when it started. At this point, I don't remember, but it was late. And I remember hearing one of our one of our friends on our way up was like, "You know, you guys can't miss Humphreys McGee. They put on one of the best shows I've ever seen." And I was like, "Okay." And I got listened to a few songs on the way up, and it's like okay yeah no that's cool that's music that's music so it's a it's a beautiful night you know on the mountaintop it's a little chilly and you know we, we start watching this band play and i'm 
I didn't know what to think. I was a little blown away by him for a minute, but I also didn't really understand him yet. And then <laughs> they go into Shine on You Crazy Diamond and they start opening up and their, their lead guitarist, Jake Sinninger, he just, it, the way he plays, I mean, the, the man's got hands like butter. And I mean, if anybody's going to do Dave Gilmore, like any kind of uh, justice, this dude definitely does it. And and I I could I could hear it out of the gate, and I remember looking over it at at, at Danny. I said, like, I think it was our Dan McGuire, and it's like, wait, seriously? Wait, what? So so now this band I don't know starts playing from a band I absolutely love, completely doing them justice through and through. Immediately fell in love. I mean, and like it, throughout the song, I'm watching this and I'm like, my mind is blown the entire time. <laughs> and like, you know, China, they have these big, brilliant, white, crystally lights that went over the entire crowd. I did like one of those turnarounds to follow it at some point. And just there, there had to be 10,000 people, you know, all crowded around watching these guys. And it was just one of the coolest things I have ever seen. One of the coolest things I've had, had, had ever experienced. So seeing somebody who I had never really heard of up until right. that day and seeing them play, you know, the, a song from a band that I absolutely adore as well. That made me fall in love with this band, Humphreys McGee. So there's this like they're they're this complete, you know, complete jam band. I mean, they're they're blending rock, you know, metal, funk, jazz, blues, reggae. It's just genre spanning, uh, genre spanning. Their 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 repertoire for, for for music is is vast. I mean, like their catalog is massive for really? what they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So Umphreys McGee has become one of like my staple bands. You know, I, I make it a point to at least go and try and see them in concert once a year. Remember earlier when I said Tool was the the second farthest I've ever traveled to go see a show? Yes. Humphreys is the farthest I've ever traveled to go see a show. Went to three nights at Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado. Wow. I specifically went to Colorado to go see them play at red rocks <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, red, red rocks is like no joke like that's a that's a beautiful a destination like, venue yeah you know? yeah my brother's been there dude when i was listening to it i i i know you're an umphreys guy i'm i can listen to jam bands i like jam bands i don't seek them out but i'll, I'll always rock out and just listen to them i, I want to get deeper with umphreys because i found it so amazing that they could do a live pink floyd song cover jam bandy and make it their own they took yeah how long is shine on crazy diamond because that's probably a i mean long it's track. in in total between all the parts it's about 26 minutes long right right so like it's it's definitely a very very long one yeah so i think it, it works so well because they're they're in it for the long haul in the song mm -hmm. but i've never heard somebody do a cover that is so so perfect to the original done completely their way like if you listen to it it doesn't sound like pink floyd it's the essence of pink floyd in an umfrey style actually i, I looked up that specific show and uh, i looked up That's the cool. set list from there and i had no idea that i had actually seen songs live that have because like they are some of my favorite songs in the last two years that i've kind of rediscovered and I've been upset that I haven't heard them live. First and doing live. doing some of this research is like, oh, I heard some of these songs already. <laughs> a song called All in Time. And yeah. one of my favorite songs by them ever is called Whoppy Sprayberry. <laughs> Whoppy Sprayberry. Good, good name. Good. Most ridiculous name ever. Yeah. So yeah, that's why uh that's why that 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 that's a song that you know, has definitely made me because I've I've become an um freak. And uh <laughs> yeah, I I'm always gonna love that band. So shine on man, shine on. Well, I'm about to wrap it up. I'm about to wrap it up with this last pick. What do you think? Yeah, I was gonna say I say uh, part one. We put a put a cork in her and press pause after we uh take a listen and uh talk this one out. I All love right. it. Yeah, what do you got here for their uh for for your fifth pick? I'm picking something that 
just brightens my soul. Brightens my soul. I'm going to play King Without a Crown by Modest Yahoo. Ooh-wee! Playing. Yes. Doesn't your soul just feel full? It just feels full. It does. It does very it much. It just so. feels happy. It feels happy. Everything he's singing oh. about there. You know, whether you're a spiritual person or not, you just know it, it comes through in the song. It comes through in the music. It comes through in his, his ability to sing. So I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you know how music makes you feel a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. And you always remember where you were when you heard it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have been conducting this experiment on myself for 15 years. So what I did is I got into college <clears throat> first generation and I got accepted Shippensburg University rep represent mm-hmm. and I just got the mail and went out in my car and my iPod was on and I had just put this album on there and that song came on and it was like a beautiful day I was driving my grandmother's PT cruiser like had the windows down and I just got into college and I was driving around and this song was on and it was just like yeah yeah this is this is awesome this is great this is all good stuff and i just fell in love with the song at that moment and this is the experimental part and since that time any moment in my life that i think is like this is a big moment jim this is a big happy moment i play this song oh that's so sweet engaged to my wife um married my wife had my daughter bought my first house uh, got my first job, got my second job, got my third job. Anything that made me like happy, it fills the bucket over and over and over again because the song is like, you can literally just listen to the song and feel good. I'm tweaking brain science, I think, in a way because songs make you feel a certain way and then you remember where you were. Well, I am making the song a part of every moment that I want it to remember where I was. Oh, that's also kind of like that. I feel like it's also kind of tricking the brain too. So then, you know, at some point in time, yeah, when you, when you do listen to it, it's not just eliciting just one specific memory. You're gonna just have a flood. I do of good I do. memories. Like that's years, so cool. Years. I love that, man. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love that. And I have not done it with any other songs. Oh, that's this super is the only cool, one dude. I've ever been uh, purposeful about since 2004, 2005, maybe 2004, five, somewhere around there. But since then, anytime I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just really happy. I'm really happy. You know, I was told I was going to be a dad. I'm like, yes, that's the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, I should listen to Modest Yahoo. <laughs> and, and just this song. Pump this track on. And just this song. It's this song specifically. I don't really get into his other catalog. I know he's an expert beatboxer. And I was doing some research. And let me just read you the genres that he covers. Reggae, Jewish rock, specifically. Jewish hip hop, alternative hip hop, alternative rock, reggae fusion, reggae rock, occupations, singer, rapper, activist, actor, instruments, vocals, and beatboxing. This guy, <laughs> this guy is a guy. You know what I'm saying? Like he has, he is, he knows what he wants. He knows what he's doing. He knows where he's going. That's where he is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So yeah, King Without a Crown, man. It's It holds a special, and it was huge in college. I feel like we listened to it a lot in college too. No, I feel like we did too. Yeah, I, I feel like there was a moment where where I was in a, a vehicle with you and, and we were listening to that song Yeah, for oh, sure at, yeah. At, at some point in time. I, 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 I know that came up before. Definitely, definitely. I don't know. I've definitely listened to it where there isn't a happy moment, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, it's just the song and it still makes me just as happy. You know what's you know what's funny is is I honestly like I I when when I was putting these songs on on the playlist I I glanced over yours but I was I was actually kind of just I've been waiting and I haven't looked or listened so I I took the surprise approach here okay. and when and then when you said it was King Without a Crowd I got really happy too because that is like it to your point it's such a fantastic tune it, it feels is. so good. Yeah, you feel yeah. so good. So I got extremely excited as soon as I heard that that's song awesome. starting. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's exactly that's what I'm talking about, and that's the cool stuff. That's the cool stuff about music. That's the cool stuff about that song. That's the cool stuff that makes us all human beings hanging out, listening to some music. You know? Yeah. And it's just yeah. about music. We haven't talked. We've so we've been together now for three hours, and we haven't talked about anything except 
music. Yeah, music and our, our own personal experiences to them and, it, and what it's really meant to us. Yeah. So the music that made us, the mixtape, I'm going to push pause on this episode and we're going to pick it up. We got 10 more tracks to pick. We're going to go through them and we're going to um, oh yeah, give them a listen, give them a talk. Oh, yeah. I'm until, super excited, buddy. Until next time, good sir. Indeed. Indeed. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this first part of episode one, the music that made us mixtape. Part two is already available, so don't forget to like, subscribe, follow for all the latest and greatest Jamcast episodes. Also, follow me on Spotify and YouTube to make sure you have the music available when you're ready to push play. All right, everyone, until next time, jam on. Mm -hmm.